Genesis chapter 5. I'm going to begin at verse number 1. And you're going to wonder where I'm going. But then it will hit you. You'll know when I get there. Amen. Hallelujah. I read today in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And the word of the Lord says it so. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that Adam created man in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created them, he them, and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years. Wow. And he begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Ad that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. Could you imagine living that long? And Seth lived 105 years and begat Enos. And Seth lived after he begat Enos 807 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Seth were 912 years and he died. And Enos lived 90 years and begat Canaan. And Enos lived after he begat Canaan 815 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enos were 905 years and he died. I want you to notice the trend. They lived and they died. They lived and they died. And, all, and Canaan lived 70 years and begot Mahalalel. Woo! That's a tongue twister. And Canaan lived after he begat Mahalalel. All right. 840 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Canaan were 910 years and he died. And Mahalalel, and Mahalalel, Mahalalel lived 60 and 5 years and begat Jared. And Mahalalel lived after he begat Jared 830 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Mahalalel were 890 and 5 years and he died. And Jared lived 160 and 2 years and he begat Enoch. And Jared lived after he begot Enoch 800 years and begot sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 960 and 2 years and he died. And Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begot Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begot Methuselah 300 years and begot sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and 5 years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. And Methuselah lived 180 and 7 years and begat Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 780 and 2 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah were 969 years and he died. Okay. I said all of that so that you could see the trend. They lived, they died. They lived, they died. They lived, they died. And then there was an interruption. And in the interruption, one walked and lived. 
Hear me. They live, they die. They live, they die. They live, they die. And then we get to Enoch. And it says, Enoch walked with God. And he was not. For God took him. Woo. And so I want to talk to you for a little while under the subject taken. Taken. And as a subtitle, very simple. Walking, walking with God. Everybody else lived and died. He walked and lived. And so I said to myself, wow, could there be a difference in the kingdom between living and walking? And so that's what we're going to talk about for a little while. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you. We thank you, Lord God, for your word. We know that it does not return unto you void, but it does that thing in which you sent it out to do. And so I know that that seed is going to fall on good ground today. That there's good ground out there in the audience, hallelujah, that's going to receive the word. And so I pray, Lord God, that it produce for them 30, 60, and 100 fold. Lord God, I thank you that your people will leave this place edified, lifted up, hallelujah, by the power of the spoken word. And as I hide behind the cross now, Lord God, use these lips of clay to minister to your people in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen and amen, hallelujah. What I noticed right away about the text, hallelujah, or at least this chapter as a whole, was that there was a, com a commonality. There was a, a, a thread, a, a trend, hallelujah. Those that decided to live a common life died a common death. But the individual who decided that they were going to live different, things ended different for them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so watch this. When you read the, the chapter, everybody went down, but Enoch went up. And when I read that, I said, God, I want my life to please you in such a way that you would elevate me, hallelujah, because you can trust me. And I don't know about you, saints, but I'm interested in that kind of life, the, the, the elevated life, hallelujah. Is that anybody else in this place on today? I think about this story and I say, wow, this man was something else, hallelujah. While everybody else went down, he went, he went up. It's as though he was walking on the earth, but he had his head in the clouds. And I can't help but to be reminded of a particular story in the Bible where the Bible says that Jacob had a vision. And in this vision, he saw a ladder. Anybody familiar with this story? He saw a ladder and the Bible says that the ladder was from the earth and it reached the heavens. Not only does it say that the ladder reached the heavens, it said that angels were, watch this now, ascending and descending. And when we read this loosely, we automatically assume that the agents or the messengers that God is talking about are those heavenly beings. But if they were the heavenly beings, wouldn't they be descending and ascending? But that's not what the text says. The text says that these were ascending and then descending. And I will submit to you that there are times in your Bible, for example, in the book of Revelation, when the Bible talks about the seven churches, amen, it refers to uh, seven angels for seven churches. And we automatically assume, again, that it's talking about heavenly beings, but most scholars, hallelujah, and theologians will tell you that's not what it's talking about in context. What it's really referring to is the seven pastors of those seven churches. They are also messengers, are you hearing what I'm saying? And so when I think about Enoch being the type of man of God who lives with his head in the clouds, what I'm saying is that he is the kind of messenger, hallelujah, who ascends into the presence of God, gets God's word, God's message, and then brings God's kingdom down, and then he ministers unto God's people. 
In other words, just in case you did not know, Enoch is a prophet. When you read the book of Jude, somewhere around the 14th verse, you find out that this man was a prophet. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah. Jesus. I've learned, hallelujah, through this story that when you take steps with God, when you walk with God like Enoch did, and you take steps with God, God takes you to where he is. I said God takes you to where he is. Amen. The Bible says that he walked with God and he was not. In other words, what that means there is that he could not be found. He could not be found because God took him. Uh, just so that you know, he was living in a very wicked day. Can I submit to you that in the day that Enoch was living was more wicked than it is today? Now, I know you're saying, no way, Pastor, because it's, it's bad out there. No, it was worse in Enoch's day because we're talking about the days before the flood. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And even today, hallelujah, when you read your Bible, even in the New Testament, when it starts talking about the end times, it says, as it was in the days of Noah. In other words, hallelujah, the, the earth or the world is going back to that place where wickedness and evil is going to be so rampant, it's going to be like it was in the days of Noah. So understand, hallelujah, that an Enoch who came before Noah was living in a very rough day. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? The Bible says concerning the people of Noah's day that their hearts were all desperately wicked. You know, it, 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 it's one thing to know, hallelujah, that it's rough out there, but that I got some brothers and sisters. You know, that, that, that we come together, hallelujah, to fellowship and to worship. And that we have that camaraderie and, and, and we can lean on each other. Amen, somebody. And magnify the Lord together, hallelujah. But the, the Bible doesn't say about, it doesn't say anything about Enoch having any partner. If you read it, hallelujah, it basically says he walked with God. God was his only partner. And yet the Bible says he was not. It was as though death could not touch him. Can I submit to you that death needs sin in order to operate? I said death needs sin in order to function. Amen. When, when God created Adam and Eve and they were in the garden before sin came into the picture, there was no death. Death had no place in the garden. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It was Adam and Eve. There was no death. There was no sickness. There was no shame. There was no fear. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then the Bible says that sin came in through that serpent. Hallelujah. You know the story. And when sin came in, death came in. And the Bible says death reigned from that day forward. So death needed sin to enter and death needed sin so that it can reign. Are you with me in this place so far? So this is why, hallelujah, Jesus was so hard to kill. Did they want to kill Jesus in his day? They sure did. Did they plan to kill him? They sure did on many of occasions. On one occasion, they had him cornered at the edge of a cliff. And all they needed to do was push him over. And the Bible says they could not. He maneuvered his way out of that situation. But you have to understand that the Bible says this. The Bible says that Satan couldn't find anything in him. He was sinless. And if death needs sin to function and is dealing with someone who has no sin, death cannot. 
This is why in order for Jesus to die, come on somebody, he has to take on sin. In order for Jesus to die, he has to take on the sins of the whole world and then he can die. Are you following what I'm saying? But as long as he's walking around sinless, death cannot kill him. This is why he said to his disciples, no man takes my life, but I lay it down. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to pick it back up again. And so you got to understand that. Hallelujah. So this is what Satan does. Satan likes to tempt people to sin so that death could always have something to work with. I said Satan likes to tempt people to sin so that death could always have something to work with. Are you following me in here? Just in case you did not know, Satan feeds off flesh. All right, let me help you in here. When sin came into the garden and God dealt with Adam, Eve, and the serpent, he spoke to all three of them. And when he got to the serpent, he cursed the serpent. Anybody remember what he said? He said, from henceforth, you shall slither in the ground. You ever think about that much? If the curse was that from now on you have to slither before the curse, perhaps the snakes didn't slither. You ever thought about that? I wondered if snakes even walked before the curse. Because if the curse means you slither from now on, then what was your reality before the curse? I remember doing a study on that once, and this is just food for thought. And I found out that most species of snakes has two muscles in the midsection that nobody knows what they're for. It's like they're there for nothing. But how many of you know that God don't put anything there for nothing? And me, you know, my curious mind just gets to thinking. Uh, they, they were used at one time. Perhaps for walking, perhaps for flying. Oftentimes, he's made reference to as a dragon. Oh, boy. But anyway, that's just food for thought. What I really want to get at is simply this. That wasn't the only part of the curse. That was only one part. The next thing that God said to Satan was simply this. From henceforth, watch this, you shall slither, not just slither, but you shall eat the dust of the ground. Last time I checked, watch this now, we were made from the dust of the ground. Your flesh is made up of the dust of the ground. And Satan eats dust. Satan feeds off of flesh. And can I just submit to you, hallelujah, that somebody's been feeding him. I said, somebody's been feeding him. How do you know that, pastor? Because when you read the Genesis account, hallelujah, he's a serpent. But when you read Revelation, he's a dragon. Somebody has been feeding him. Are you blessed in here? Hallelujah. Watch this. But one of the things I love about walking with God is simply this. When you walk with God... Your dedication to God makes it really hard for Satan to detect you. The Bible, says, the Bible puts it like this. You are hid with Christ. And I don't know about you, but that sounds really good to me. You are hid with Christ. Amen. Uh, if you remember the, the, the Egyptian account when the people of God are, slavery, are slaves in Egypt. Hallelujah. The Bible says 
that they were slaves, amen, to, to Pharaoh and his evil taskmasters. Moses goes in there, hallelujah, and he gets ready to deliver them. And he brings a bunch of plagues into the land. You know, the, the ten plagues, hallelujah. The tenth one being a very specific one where the deaf angel is coming. And the deaf angel is looking for the people to kill them. Uh, the firstborn in particularly. And so watch this. Moses gives the people of God an instruction and tells them, take a, take a lamb, slay the lamb. Take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost. And when death comes, if death sees the blood, death will have to pass over. And so watch this. Death comes and death is searching. But death don't see people. He sees the blood. When he sees the blood, he passes over. Some of you need to take a little praise break right now. And thank God for all the times... Stuff that tried to come and kill you had to pass over because the blood was covering you. Oh, oh, hallelujah. Uh, even in God, hallelujah, there have been times where perhaps you've made a mistake. Perhaps, hallelujah, you went wayward. Perhaps you went in the, the wrong direction for a while. And death came looking for you, but because you were still hid with Christ. Oh, I wish I had somebody that would be real in church this morning. Hallelujah. Thank God, hallelujah, for the blood. Amen, somebody. Let me show you a, a scripture that I like. Proverbs 30 and 26. Proverbs 30 and 26, hallelujah. Now listen to this text, hallelujah. Now understand, this, this begins somewhere around verse 24. And this is how it begins. It says this. There are four things upon the earth which are really small but exceeding wise. Four things upon the earth that are exceeding small, that are very small, tiny, really small, but exceedingly wise. Isn't it amazing how God could take something so tiny and begin to talk to you about not just wisdom, but exceeding wisdom. He said, I'm about to show you some huge wisdom, but I'm going to use something very small to show it to you. And just in case you're not familiar with this text, because I don't want to deal with all, let, let me just read it. Therefore... There be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. The first one is the ant. The ant are people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. In other words, the wisdom of the ant, hallelujah, is that it prepares in the summer for the winter. So the wisdom of the ant is preparation. You should be planning for where you're going. I can't preach on that today, hallelujah. Look, show me the next one because this is the one I'm going to deal with. Show me the next one just so that I show it to them. The next verse. The locusts have no king, yet go forth, all of them, by bands. The, the, the locusts travel together, hallelujah. The thing that's amazing about the locusts or the wisdom of the locusts, hallelujah, is in their, their ability to propel. When it comes to the ant, is their ability to prepare. When it comes to the locusts, is their ability to propel. Do you know that a locust can soar for miles, but it cannot fly? I said it can soar for miles, but it cannot fly. His wings are too small. His strength is not in his wings. His strength is in his legs. And so what a locust does is that a locust can jump 200 times its height. And the wisdom of the locust is this. His ability not just to propel but perceive when the wind is coming. And when the wind comes, he jumps into the wind. Once he gets in the wind... He flies without struggle. Oh, I wish I had time to deal with that, but I don't. I said he flies without struggle. And that's what will happen to you if you ever catch a wind of the Spirit and let the Spirit of God lead you and take you. The last one, hallelujah, before I get to the one I really want to deal with, is the spider. 
The spider taketh hold with her hands and is in king's palaces. You ever notice how no matter how hard you try, you can't keep a spider out your house. I don't care how good you are. I don't care if you're Mr. Clean himself. You're not going to keep a spider. He, he makes it into the king's palaces. He has this amazing way to get there. Amen. One of the things I love about the spider, and I wish I had time to preach to you about this, but maybe on another occasion, is that his house is already in him. That'll bless you. I said his house is already in him. Your house is in you. Oh, God, help me in here. Watch this. He produces his house from within. Amen. And he builds his house. Uh, have you ever took a broom and swatted a spider? Anybody? Nobody wants to admit they had a spider in their house. Jesus, have mercy. I just told you he's going to get in. Watch this. You take a broom and you swat at that web and at that spider and you hit it. You think you hit him real good. Can I help you? You didn't do nothing to him. He doesn't have a vertebrae. He doesn't have a vertebrae. So you can't, you can't just hit him. You got to really get him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And have you ever noticed that after you knock that web down, it would be like one or two days. And that web is right back up there again. Because he has this amazing ability, hallelujah, <laughs> to build from within. And so watch this. His attitude is tear it down. And in a day or two, let me give you the Bible, hallelujah. Destroy this temple. And in three days. In three days, I'll have it back up again. Hallelujah. I wish God's people would develop that kind of attitude. Hallelujah. Where they say you can take whatever you want. Hallelujah. Take my house. Take my car. Take my money. But it's in me. Hallelujah. And so it's just a couple of days before I buy another house. Get another car. Get another job. You don't hear what I'm saying in here. Hallelujah. Spider is amazing. The, the wisdom of the spider is his ability to produce. It's his ability to produce. Amen. You ever notice how, oh, I can't do this. Why am I doing this? You ever notice how, ever, I'm all off topic right now. You ever notice how the spider slides on the web seamlessly and then every other insect that gets on gets stuck? Again, because he is a producer. Watch this. He produces a secretion right out of himself. That goes down the follicles of his legs and it is an oil that causes him to slide through what others get stuck on. <laughs> I say he slides through what others get stuck on. And when you're really anointed, I say when the oil is really flowing in your life, hallelujah, you will have the ability to slide through things that other people get stuck on. Hallelujah. Are you blessed in here? I gave you more than I anticipated. Hallelujah. Now let's go to the second one, which is the one that probably nobody knows about. The conies. What is a cony, pastor? The conies are but a feeble folk, yet make their houses in the rocks. Hallelujah. Now... I just told you a moment ago that it, when you are dedicated to God, it becomes very hard for the enemy to detect you because you are hid with Christ and you are covered by the blood. Amen, somebody. And so this is what you got to understand. The coney, just in, just in case you didn't know, is kin to the rabbit. Is kin to the rabbit, but unlike the rabbit who has strong hind legs and can run really fast, the coney has very feeble hind legs and cannot run very fast at all. 
So watch this. The wisdom of the coney is positioning. Oh, God. The ant is preparing. The locust is propelling. The spider is producing. But the coney is positioning. Watch this. Because it can't outrun the enemy. And can I help you in here? You are not going to be able to either. Oh, you don't know, Pastor. I'm fast. Let me help you in here. He runs around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He will catch you if you get out of the hedge. He is lurking, watching for you to move away so that you're no longer hid. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what he does knowingly because he cannot outrun his enemy is that he positions himself in a place of strength. And so the text says, put it back up there real quickly, hallelujah, if you can. The conies are but a feeble folk, yet make their houses in the rocks. And so watch this. If, if, if a cony senses trouble, senses a predator coming, he goes into the rocks. And not only that, I found out in my personal study that he has an amazing ability to look like that which he is under. He, oh, God, help me. He doesn't just get under it. He looks like what he gets under. And so he becomes very hard to detect because he looks like the rock he's hiding under. Let me help you understand that. Who is the rock? I am hid with Christ. And therefore, my dedication makes me hard to detect because I position myself in a place of strength where the enemy can't really spot me. Ooh, some of you don't even know it. How many times, how close the enemy came. And, and just in the nick of time, you positioned yourself in a place where he walked right by, didn't even see you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you are hit with Christ. Oh, God. He ain't liking me right now. But he probably can't see me right now either. Oh, y'all know. Let me move on. Hallelujah, Jesus. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God. What is it to walk with God? The Bible says when you read Jude uh, 14, if we get a chance, we'll look at it. But Jude 14, hallelujah, says that he was the seventh from Adam. He was the seventh from Adam. Hallelujah. That's significant. Seven is the number of God. Seven is the number of completion. Seven, hallelujah, is the number of rest as well. Hallelujah. Watch this. There's only one other person mentioned in scripture who gets the compliment that Enoch got that he walked with God. I mean the same word verbatim, walked with God. You hear about Abraham. Abraham probably walked before God. But the only other person who gets the compliment walked with God is Noah. Is Noah. Two of them, watch this, two men who walked in such a way that their lives were preserved in the midst of danger. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? Hallelujah. I, I, I don't know about you, but I like the idea in walking a certain way before God that yields or brings his protection, hallelujah, over my life. Amen, somebody. 
Watch this. I found out, hallelujah, when looking at that word walk in the original language, it had several definitions. Well, one of them we refer to as the derivative of the masculine noun, which means, watch this, mouth. So I, I found out, hallelujah, that a lot of your walk has everything to do with how you talk. Oh, it got quiet in here all of a sudden, hallelujah. That you can tell, listen, if I want to know a little bit about your walk, all I got to do is listen at you talk. Because, watch this, your heart will tell on you. I said your heart will tell on you. You ever notice that, hallelujah? For out of the abundance of the heart flow the issues of life. Your heart is like a garden. Whatever seeds you put in it, your heart will push up. It's just a matter of time. If they're good seeds, it'll push those up. But if they're bad seeds, it'll push those up. That's why the Bible says guard your heart. The same way you're supposed to tend to a garden, you're supposed to guard your heart. Because whatever gets in, the heart pushes out. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Hallelujah. Watch this. It matters what you say. Mm. I can learn about your communion with God by listening to your conversation with people. The rightness of your talk reveals the tightness of your walk. Hallelujah. I said the rightness of your talk reveals the tightness of your walk. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? Watch this. When you look at this word and what they refer to, hallelujah, when, 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 when looking at the scriptures, the feminine noun is the same as a hook in the mouth. A hook in the mouth. And so watch this now. This man was a prophet, hallelujah, who God has his hook in his mouth. And, and, and you better catch that, hallelujah, because I love the way. Let me give you New Testament. James said it like this, hallelujah. We put, we put bits in horses' mouths. And when we put a bit in a horse's mouth, we can control whether the horse goes left, whether the horse goes right. Anybody ever ride a horse here? Whether the horse goes forward or whether the horse stops. In other words, if we put the bit in his mouth, we control the horse's whole body and the direction of the horse. And God is saying, listen, if you give me your mouth, I'll control your whole destiny. But if you don't give me your mouth, hallelujah, I can't control any of you. James also talks about a ship, and he says, as huge as a, as a ship can be, hallelujah, it is driven and turned by this small little helm. And, 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 and James is letting you know that that's your mouth, your mouth, hallelujah. Come on, somebody, you know the scriptures. Out of the mouth, hallelujah, comes death and life. Every time you open your mouth to speak, you're doing one or two things. You're either speaking life or you're speaking death. That's just the reality. Hallelujah. And the Bible says you have to be careful because you're snared by the words from your mouth. In other words, if you're not careful, you're hung by your own tongue. By your own tongue. Hallelujah. We just automatically assume that because our tongue is in a wet place, it has permission to slip. But it does not. That's why the Bible calls your tongue a little fire. That thing, <laughs> but you let that thing get up in a forest, and it could cause some serious, serious damage. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Hallelujah. So watch this. He walked with God. But here's what I want you to catch. This is where it's going to start to get interesting. Stay with me. Hallelujah. It, it, it was not just any old kind of walk. I don't want nobody to get the idea that he walked with God irresponsibly. 
when you read it in the NIV, it says he walked faithfully. Faithfully with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So understand, hallelujah, that it was not just a walk, it was a faith walk. Now let me, let me show you what I mean by that, hallelujah. This is going to bless you, so I hope you're ready. The Bible says that he walked with God how many years? 300 years, but he lived for 300 and what? 65 years. So here's what you have to understand. For the first 65 years of his life, he did not walk with God. I said for the first 65 years of his life, he does not walk with God. When you read the text like we read it in Genesis, it says, after he begat Methuselah, he walked with God. After he begat Methuselah, he walked with God. Now, I thought that was interesting, 300 years. I thought that was interesting, hallelujah, because I tell you, and I wish I had some parents that wouldn't leave me up here by myself. Children will make you call on the Lord. The Bible says after he had Methuselah, <laughs> he walked with God. He had that child. He said, Jesus, help me with this child. No. But how many parents in here can testify? A child will make you call on Jesus. A child, a child will make you call on God. Or, or I can testify. Me and, and my wife came to Jesus when we were around. I was 25. She was 23 years old. Amen. Me and my wife go back to about 14, 15 years old. She's like my, my high school sweetheart. As soon as I saw her, I put a spell on her. Still has eyes for me. Hallelujah. I do that every time she's not around. Hallelujah. Then she watches the video and be like, why are you talking about me in church? Hallelujah. So, so, so watch this. When we had our first son, he just happened to be named Noah. When we had Noah... Noah brought an awareness of God to us that was not there before. We hadn't gotten saved yet. But when I saw my son get born, let me tell you something. You can't watch a child born and not conclude that there's a God. There's, no, there's just no way that that just poofs, happens. There's a, there's a lot of intelligent design that goes into that. The very fact that the woman's built different than the man... It's amazing. It's amazing. All you got to do is study sometimes, and you got to conclude there is a God. There's just no way. There's just no way. Anyhow, hallelujah. It could be that. It could be that. Uh, it could be the fact that Methuselah was the firstborn. Amen. And, and witnessing or experiencing a new birth changed him. Think about what I just said. Experience, experiencing a new birth changed him. Because that's what happened to you when you got saved. Come on, somebody. You experienced a new birth and you were changed. It could be that. But I, after, after pondering, I said, nah, something's missing. Something's missing here. There's got to be. He has Methuselah and then he serves the Lord. Something is missing. So I looked up what Methuselah means. And here's what I found out. Methuselah means, watch this, when he dies, God will send it. When he dies, God will send it. And so I read that, I went, oh, what is it? When he dies, God will send it. And I said, I need to know what it is. 
And so I went on a search. Hallelujah. And to make a long story short, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you understand this. Hallelujah. It was the flood of Noah. So I'm about to show you how you thought that the first time you hear about the flood coming is through Noah's mouth. And I want to submit to you that that's not the case. That God had already been talking about the flood way before Noah because Noah came after. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? And so watch this. Can we do a little math? I'm going to take you into a little math class. Amen. Just for a moment. If we count Adam as being number one. Amen. The first year. And then we go... Uh, because the Bible says that uh, Enoch was the seventh from Adam. And so I already did the math. You do your own research. When we count from Adam all the way to Enoch, you have, watch this, 687 years. So six, 687 years after Adam, Methuselah is born. Are you with me? Methuselah is born. And then, watch this, now you have to add... 969 years to that because that's how long he lived, right? He's the oldest man that ever lived, ever. Nine, could you imagine? 969. Woo! Watch this. So when you take 687 and you add 969, stay with me now, you get 1656. So in the year 1656, Methuselah died. Are you with me? Okay, now, find this out for yourself. I already did it. Noah was born in 1056. And the Bible says, and you can read this in Genesis chapter 7 and verse 6, that when God closed the door in the ark and the flood came, Noah was 600 years old. So if you take 1056... And you add 600, you got 1656. So, <laughs> 1656, Methuselah died. And 1656, the flood came. When he dies, God will send it. Oh, my God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It just speaks to the accuracy of your Bible. You can put your trust in the book. If God said it, you could put it in the bank. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Look at the accuracy of the scriptures. Woo! This man, Methuselah, was a prophecy. And so here's what you got to understand. When I say not only did he walk with God, he walked by faith. I don't know if you put that up there already, but he walked with God. That was number one. Number two, he walked by faith. Faith comes by what? Faith comes by hearing. The man of God heard a prophecy that changed his life. And I don't know what your testimony is, but I'll tell you what my testimony is. The word of God set me free. I said the word of God set me free. Hallelujah. My Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And I want to submit to you that this man, hallelujah, had his first child. God spoke to him. About what was coming. Because I don't know anybody in their right mind that would name their child Methuselah. I know I wouldn't. I would really mess him up in school. Like, they'd be like the teacher would be like, Methuselah, he'd be like, present. Because you know the kids will have a ball with you. 
Amen. <laughs> Listen, that word was so powerful, it motivated him, motivated him not to flow with the current of that age. He's probably the only one who's walking with God. I hope he wasn't. But the Bible doesn't speak about anybody else till Noah, who was righteous. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? But he walked with God, and he walked with God by faith. In other words, he put his trust in that word. Just like Noah later put his trust in the word of God that said it's going to rain. And it didn't matter how many years went by, he held on to that word. This man, hallelujah, held on to that word. My God, have mercy in here. Could you imagine him? The Bible says that he prophesied in Jude. Put Jude, put Jude 14. Hallelujah. Put Jude, my God, that's the time. Jude, man, Jude, I tell you. I should be like, I'm tired. Yeah, let's go. But I, I'm, I'm still not done. Hallelujah. Jude 14. Watch this. Jude verse 14. That's verse 4. Hallelujah. Jude verse 14. There you go. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints. This guy is talking, he's like the first prophet. And he's prophesying about the end. This is the kind of communion this guy has with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at what else he says. To execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed. My God, there's a lot of ungodlies in there. And of all their hard speeches which the ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Anyway, make a long story short. This guy had a revelation of what was going to happen in the end. And we're in the beginning somewhere. This is the kind of communion and the kind of word he was receiving from God because he walked with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How can two walk together except they agree? You know what the problem is, hallelujah, with some of us? We're not walking with God. We want God to walk with us. Yeah, 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 yeah. We want God, we want God to, get, to come on our side. We want God to follow our agenda and our plans. And usually the mistake that we do is that we plan first and then we say, God, get with this. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But many are the plans of a man, but the Lord's purposes shall prevail. <laughs> so you plan all you want. I've known God to mess up a lot of people's plans. Oh, yeah, he sure will mess up your little five-year plan. Amen, somebody. But the, the mistake is that we're trying to get God to walk with us rather than walking with him. If you're going to walk with somebody in agreement, it's going to require sacrifice. It's going to require that someone lose their preference and that someone doesn't get their way. I can easily go into a marriage seminar right now, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so if you're going to walk with God, you got to hear where God is headed, and then you got to follow by faith. By faith, not by sight. This man determined, hallelujah, I'm not going to let what I see, nor my circumstances, 
dictate, hallelujah, how I walk with God. What I see is not going to interrupt what I heard. What I see is not going to interrupt what I heard. What I heard is more powerful than what I see. Oh boy, have mercy in this place. Hallelujah. But no, we want God to walk with us. And can I just say this? If God ever walked with you, I'm trying to land this plane, but if God ever walked with you, if he did that for you, chances are you were walking in the wrong direction. And it would only be his grace that would come to walk with you, watch this, so he can reveal himself to you and get you back on track. And I wonder if I got anybody in here who could testify. Because that's not the norm, but if he ever did that for you, wow, that's grace. And you should worship him for that. Are you here? Some of you need Bible. Okay, watch this. Hallelujah. Uh, Jesus resurrected. Nobody knows it yet. The women are the only one who saw him. The men haven't seen him yet. They're hiding, most of them in Jerusalem, his disciples. And then there are two who are on the road to Emmaus. How many know that story? They're on the road to Emmaus. Hallelujah. The, the will of God was for them to stay in Jerusalem. That's where the Lord wanted them to stay. But these two decided, you know what, I ain't staying. They're a little depressed. They're a little discontented because of what has happened. They, don't, they think that Jesus is dead. They don't know that he resurrected. So that everything that they've been working for, following him all his time, has just went to naught according to them. So they're sad and they're walking in the wrong direction. And somebody shows up and starts walking with them. And you got to understand that this is not the norm. This is not the norm. You're supposed to walk with him. But this somebody comes and starts walking with them. And he asked them a question. What is this that you walk and are so sad? Why are you so sad? Jesus is amazing. Right? Why are you so sad? And they said, are you the only one that doesn't know what happened in Israel? Do you not know about what happened with the one we thought was the Messiah? And they betrayed him and they killed him. And now I don't know what to believe. And, and the women said they saw him. But they're saying they're crazy. And we, we don't believe it. And we, we just done had it. Walking with God is not easy. Oh, man. I got one amen. Thank you, Charles. I heard that from here. Because it was only one. <laughs> amen. Listen, listen. So, so he's walking with them. They're going in the wrong direction. And he's walking with them. Oh, that's a good place to praise him. Let me say it again. They're walking in the wrong direction. And he is walking with them. You see, so I know that we're in church and we can't admit, hallelujah, that sometimes we miss it and we can't admit that sometimes we get frustrated, hallelujah, because we were believing for things that didn't happen just like these people. And we, and we just stray away and we start walking, whether it's our frustration, whether we, we go into doubt, hallelujah, whether we're just flat out upset at God because we didn't get what we expected, we walk away. And God could easily just say, walk on, but no, somebody needs to praise God. He's walking, they're walking in the wrong direction and he's walking with them. Hallelujah. I don't know, that just blesses my soul. Watch this. And not only that, then they tell him, watch this, stay with us. Stay with us. And you know, somebody else would have been like, stay with y'all? Nah, y'all, y'all, 
y'all ain't walking right. You know, somebody with a little religious attitude would say, you're walking, you ain't walking right, I ain't hanging with you. But you know what he does? That's why I love him, because he never put him in a box. Because if you try to put him in a box, he'll shock you. Yes, he will. You know what he does? He stays with them. <laughs> he stays with them. Watch this. They're walking in the wrong direction. They ask him to stay. He stays. But there's a purpose. There's always a purpose. The Bible says that he takes the scriptures and he opens it up to them. And then from, my God, from Moses and all the prophets, he reveals himself. You see? Because chances are, if he's walking with you, rather than you walking with him, it's because you went in the wrong direction. And so what he does is that he comes to walk with you to reveal himself so that he can ultimately get you back on track. So watch what he does. He opens up the scripture to them, and then he breaks bread, which is just the illustration of sharing the word, right? The bread of life. And their eyes are open, the Bible says. And they knew who he was at that moment, and he disappeared. Oh, God, I like that. And so he disappears. But here's the conclusion. Here's what they say after he leaves. One looks at the other one and says, wow, did not your heart burn? <sighs> did not your heart burn within you when he opened up the scriptures to us? In other words, watch this. What got them back on track was the word. I said it was the word. Oh, God, have mercy in here. If you read that text very carefully, the very next verse says, and immediately they got up and went back to Jerusalem. So watch this. The whole purpose was for them to stay in Jerusalem. They started going the wrong way, and the whole purpose for the visit was for him to get them back on track. And to get them back on track, he walked with them. But that's not the norm. We are supposed to walk with him. And when they went back to Jerusalem, they were getting back in line. All right, God. We're walking with you now. Oh, God, have mercy in this place. Are you blessed, church? My God, have mercy in here. Show me the last point. The last point is very simple. It just says that his walk pleased God. It pleased God. Hallelujah. Can you imagine being Methuselah and your father is prophesying to everybody that when you die, <laughs> that when you die, it's coming. And so here you are. You know what you are? You're a walking time bomb. If, I'm, if I am Methuselah's friend, I am like hiring security. Because you got to listen to the prophecy. When he dies, God will send it. And so, you can't die on my watch. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's a walking time bomb. I mean, I wonder what would happen for everybody who had heard that prophecy whenever Methuselah got in the room. They must have been like, hey. When he dies, God will Send it. My God, have mercy in here. 
do you know when Hebrews mentions Enoch? Because Hebrews mentions him too. And Hebrews says that by faith, Enoch walked with God and was not. But God came and took him. But then we get to the place where the Bible says, because without faith, it is impossible to what? Please God. And then Jude says the testimony that we have of Enoch is that he pleased God. You know how you please God? By walking by faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He received the word of prophecy and he grabbed a hold of that word. And, he, and here's what you don't know. God, I, mean, I mean, you do and you don't. This man walked faithfully with God for three centuries. For three centuries. Some of us are having a hard time after three days. I wish I had some real people in here. I, I want to just give you an idea of the kind of relationship that this man had with God. And so let me give you this real quickly. Throw that first word up there, that first C word. And we're leaving. Cause. What was the cause of his walk with God? The word. It was a word that changed him. And it was the word that upheld him for three centuries. You ever get enough word in you? You could try to quit and won't be able to quit. But like Jeremiah, the word will be shut up in your bones like fire. And you will not be able to hold it in even though you tried. Even though like Jeremiah, you say, I quit. You might be able to leave for a little while. But before you know it, that word that's in you will mess you up. Number two, choice. Watch this. After his son was born, he made a choice. And at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to, saints. You got to make a choice to honor the word of God and live in that word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Mm. You see, the problem today, today in the generation that we're living in, has become that much harder for us to choose. We like to ride the fence. We like to walk in indecision. But indecision is a decision. Oh, boy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We, we like the idea of keeping all our options open. Because we live in a multiple choice generation. But Enoch said, no, I'm making a choice. And I'm going to stick to it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Put that next word up there. Communion. Communion, hallelujah. Oh, God. This man has such communion with God. Such communion that God is telling him what's coming. When you have communion with God, God will reveal what's coming. He'll reveal what's coming next. Listen to him, hallelujah. Listen to the revelation he gets. When he dies, God will send it. And if that's not enough, in June, he said, when God comes back, he's coming back with 10,000 angels. He has communion, therefore he knows what's coming. 
How tight is your communion with God? Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? And then my last one, hallelujah, I don't know if you guys have it, but it is consistent. Consistent, man. I think this is where a lot of us miss it sometimes. Three centuries. Consistency will elevate you. Did you hear what I just say? You're talking about hallelujah, living the high life. Living life on a higher level. Living at a high place. Come in a high place, church. Your elevation is predicated on your consistency. Are you blessed in this place, church?